like you're gonna get a chance to meet the rest of the family. My psychotic brother just escaped. Hello, Hello and welcome, welcome back, back to, to Scream, Scream 101. 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And what you're experiencing right now is a fight. A fight to lead this podcast. And I think <laughs> in a, I won out. Into a brighter future. <laughs> so for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, we are Scream 101, where a horror novice, that is I, and a horror jerk expert... <laughs> Which is me. Which is Brennan. Discuss movies that you really don't want to see, but we're going to convince you to watch anyway. And you will probably get mad at us. Like, I convinced my family to watch road games, and they all hated it. When did you do that? Well, kind of indirectly, because I was talking about it on my podcast with Dave. Check it out. It's called Cast Party. And I was talking it up, and they were like, that sounds awesome. And then they watched it when I was out one day, and they were like, we don't like you anymore. (laughs) Get out of here. Wow, good, good. That's a good talk right there. Yeah. All right. So, what are we watching this week, Brennan? Or what did we watch this week? Uh, this is our final week of '80s slasher month, and we are going to talk about the 1986 movie Blood Rage. But first, um, as always, we have ten reviews of movies we've watched in the past week. But um, we're recording this kind of like at a weird time in our lives. At a drought. At a movie drought. Yeah. Um. We'll just you thought the water drought in California was bad. <laughs> the movie drought has just left thousands unsatisfied. No, it's just um, it's been Sergio's been in school and I had just started a new job, so we're a little dry on movies. But let me fill you in on all the Amityville films I just watched. <laughs> um. Okay. Amityville Four: The Evil Escapes. Really not that bad for a haunted lamp movie. The Amityville Curse pretty sure this movie's never even heard of amityville hmm. amityville 1992 it's about time kills an old lady the with year an... is in the movie yes it is oh i love it um kills an old lady with an ice cream truck hilarious <laughs> <laughs> um amityville a new generation friends meets rent meets haunted mirror what's not to like was and... there a musical number in this no and it wasn't rent no, they were like bohemian. They lived in a loft, and they were friends with. Is ba- it was the characters from Rent, basically. Okay, there was a loft. Yeah, the like Amityville an like an artist loft. It became a loft. No, but the whole deal is it's a house. No, the the mirror is from Amityville. It's from the original house, oh. and it's haunted. That's lame. Yeah, it's even lamer than the lamp situation. I don't. I disagree. Um, an Amityville dollhouse. Sexy jock son goes shirtless a lot. Sure, why not? Okay. Sounds like you had a rip-roaring time there. I did, and clearly I have less to do than you do. Because <laughs> when you were in school, I was like, what What do I do? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, let's talk about Blood Rage. I will read you the plot from the back of my Arrow video Blu-ray, which is super cool. It's a nice package. Um, anyway. Oh, I reviewed a movie. Did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, what was it? I reviewed First They Killed My Father. That sounds... Sounds like a great slasher movie. <laughs> um, if it were, it'd be a great title for one. Um, but no, this is Angelina Jolie's depiction of the Cambodian genocide. I've heard of her. You have? And of that. Okay, good, because I was about to say, like, this is a tragedy. <laughs> um, all right, so a realistic image of the Khmer Rouge is told by a child. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
I think the movie suffered a little bit because of that form of narration. But uh, you know. like, this kid's an idiot. <laughs> no, I didn't think that. I just thought that they really tried to keep everything like at her level at certain times. Like very PG understanding. No, of it. not PG. Oh, not PG. Um, but uh, just uh, like the camera angles were like from a child, oh. and they really followed her a lot. I mean, she was the main character. Um, uh, but I just felt that it could have been just a little time out better if they didn't stay grounded to that. Okay. But it was based on her memoir, so I understand why they did it. Cool. Or not. That sounds sad. Let's move on. Yeah. Here's a plot of Blood Rage. What do you get if you combine Thanksgiving, TV star Louise, Louise Lasser from Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, killer 80s synths, and some truly gruesome special effects courtesy of Ed French of Terminator 2 Judgment Day? Why, it's Blood Rage, of course. Twins Todd and Terry seem like sweet boys. That is, until one of them takes an axe to the face of a fellow patron at the local drive-in. Todd is blamed for the bloody crime and institutionalized, whilst twin brother Terry goes free. Ten years later, and as the family gathers around the table for a Thanksgiving meal, the news comes in that Todd has escaped. But has the real killer, in fact, been in their midst all along? Bum, bum, bum. Uh, spoiler alert, and we will spoil this movie. Yeah, Terry's the killer. <laughs> I did not see that coming. Uh, you should have because he's literally the killer in the first frame and you see him frame his brother and then you see him kill everyone. So it's not well, really like... they looked exactly alike. So I was like, I no, have no idea. No, they didn't though. Yeah, they did. They told... Did, they did, yeah. No, I disagree. Here's the thing. Um, I thought this um part, the part of Todd and Terry, I was like, oh, it's probably the same actor. But then I saw both of them when they grew up and I was like... Oh no, Todd's way cuter, and Terry has this terrible mullet, and he has like a receding hairline. And I was like, oh, I guess they got different actors. And then people were always mistaking them for each other, and I was like, how is this possible? They're clearly so different. But then I found out they were played by the same actor. Mm. Um, he's just a real chameleon, you know. <laughs> I mean, I guess it just shows the power of a good haircut. Yeah, haircuts can really frame your face properly, um, or make you look like a forty-five-year-old man. Yeah. Or maybe they w- they did a, they pulled a boyhood and all of Terry's parts were shot like four years later maybe. Maybe that's that's a real possibility. That really is. It would be really inefficient, but you know, <laughs> who am well, I to judge the directorial style of whoever did this? Uh, so that lady, this lady. No, uh, the producer was a lady. Oh, the director was someone named John Grismer. Oh, okay. Okay, as always, we rate our movies on scariness, campiness, FX, and quality out of five. So how many screams out of five do you give uh, Blood Rage? For I give it two. Two? Okay. Did any, what scared you? The gore. Oh, you're scared of it, gore? I am scared of gore. You're like, I've, I'm afraid that this movie is corrupting me, and I'm doubting um, Brennan's sanity. A little bit. I mean, that was true at the beginning of this relationship. <laughs> it has since faded since I've seen just so much of it. I'm like, whatever's. I don't care. Uh-huh. He watches this just to laugh, really. Mostly. Um, no, I mean, the movie wasn't that scary. It was far more gory than anything because you saw, like, literal flesh falling off of people. Oh, yeah, that's great. And at one point we saw a man, like, fall into two. Uh, like, his head split into two. Yeah. Uh, which was totally unexpected. It really was. Uh, and, I mean, that kind of gore just causes me to look away from the screen. Okay. And it's... I mean, I guess that's kind of the same thing you would do if you were scared. You just you jump and you look away. Okay, and to, I like, mean, regain your composure. That is what Heard certain that. gore movies try to accomplish. So I guess it worked. Uh-huh. Um, however, for me, I gave it one out of five screams because mm. it's a chintzy eighty slasher. It's not scary. It they're was they're not so chintzy, so average. 
so run of the mill. Um, I don't. I feel like you're being harsher on this than on the Sleepaway Camp two and three, which are perhaps the most chintzy movies ever made. They had a delightful Jessica Springsteen, Pamela Springsteen. <laughs> yes, they did. Um, did she play a character named Jessica? No, it's Angela. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but yeah, so what's your uh, campiness score? Um, it was a three. Really? I gave it a four. Yeah. Um, the chintziness to me kind of just brought it down because I was like, okay, like, ah, the mother character. Oh, really? my God. The mother character was great she for the first so half. She was so annoying. Okay, so the mom of these twins, she's played by Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, which is a show I've never seen. Um, but she's dressed like baby Jane for the entire movie. Yeah, and she's off. Like, for the first 30 minutes, okay, you could say she's an actual character because she's interacting with the world. But uh-huh. in the last hour of the movie, she's just off by herself, like, being sad on the kitchen floor, eating yeah. leftovers. She does a lot of sit acting in, uh-huh. the, in the second and third act of this movie. Like, sitting on a couch trying to make a phone call and uh-huh. screaming at the operator. She's sitting on the floor of a pool... Uh, like just talking to her son uh-huh. she's sitting in front of the fridge just spooning creamed corn into her mouth yeah and you really don't know why she's so sad i really question why she took this role to begin with <laughs> well, i mean when you're mary hartman mary hartman the sky's the limit right yeah clearly i don't know is was that a good show someone tweeted us is that show like terrible because I've, de- I've heard of it you have yeah oh i assumed it was like a one season show that like they were promoting no i think it was a pretty big sitcom um i'm gonna look up how many years it ran oh what i think it only ran for one year no wait so that's a season wait what the hell okay no it says 325 episodes but it says it aired from 1976 to 1977 so i don't know so it could be a soap opera it could be something very wrong is happening here but i don't understand Anyway, so I think it was a pretty popular show. I at least have heard reference to it in certain like '90s shows, when that was more of a like a touch point in the mm-hmm. culture. Um, I literally know nothing about the show though. Okay, but no, I I guess if it was only one year, then she needed the work. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Keep going. What? Any other campy stuff about the mother? Um, I mean, I've said my piece on her, but I saw all the other like peripheral characters fit in so like insanely well into the slasher archetype like okay you have the jock you have the maiden you have the slut you have well i mean slut's mother is a new is a new category i guess oh the oh my god the uh the gold digger uh mother of a baby that just lives next door in this apartment complex yeah is maybe the most complex and interesting character in the movie (laughs) she's literally tell us more about her um, she brings home her date and the like sexy teen girl not wearing a bra who's her babysitter. Um, she's like, that'll be $10. And the mom like scams 10 bucks out of her date. <laughs> and her date clearly does not want to get yeah, down. He's really squeamish for whatever reason. Yeah, because she's trying to seduce him, but he's not into it. And I don't know why because he's, I don't know. It it was very weird. I thought he was going to be the new killer because the killer in this was very like anti-sex uh-huh. in general. Um, but so she goes into the room with her baby to change into lingerie mm-hmm. and she's like, mommy's going to get you a rich dad. <laughs> she said a rich daddy. I know. She said dad. Oh, did she really? Or I think, or I think she said like, mama's going to get you a rich father or something. Okay. Um, but it's great. And I just loved her so much. And then she emerges from the room 
in this section in this new lingerie uh-huh. goes to the door because because well, he's clearly left uh-huh oh yeah because there's no one there yeah and then um what does she see running his head like hanging from a noose but it's also decapitated and i'm not quite sure how that worked but like pretty cool mm-hmm the effects here are all, we'll, we'll talk about it. That's our next section. But I want to tell you about some campy stuff. First of all, oh, are you gonna talk about the the person? What person? The PA. Oh, the the crew member. Yeah. Um, there is a shot on a bridge where you can clearly see a crew member duck out from behind a tree and then notice the camera is filming and then duck back behind the tree. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is pretty great. We all love those moments. Mm-hmm. But. So, first of all, this is just like the quintessential, terrible, crazy 80s movie. The first scene is set 10 years prior, so like 1974. And first of all, there's a guy who opens his jacket to sell stuff, and it's just like a rack of condoms inside his, excuse me, inside his jacket. Mm-hmm. But everyone's dressed super 80s, even though it's supposed to be the 70s. They did not care about period attire. Um, no one ever wears sleeves. I think they must have donated them all to charity or something. <laughs> Um, there's literally, there's a couple that has sex on a diving board. This movie's awesome. There's a lot of crazy stuff that happens in it. I did appreciate um, the diving board sex. Mm-hmm. But there's, oh, there's a bunch of hairy chested men just like kissing necks in this movie. And I'm into it. <laughs> um, the eighties were a wonderful time and no one had sleeves. Anyway, there's one scene that's beautiful. Um, Karen, who's the, not like visually beautiful. Okay. Um, Karen, the girlfriend of Terry, who is the killer. Um, she runs into Todd, who's the twin brother who's escaped from the institution. He's the one who was, uh, unfairly blamed for the murders, just the random axe murder in a drive-in. Yeah. Um, so, um, she sees Todd and she thinks it's Terry and she's like, oh, I've been meaning to talk to you all night. Like, I feel like we've been pulling apart, but I really love you and I want to make love to you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm Todd. And she's like, so you're home for the holidays, huh? Yeah. And it's the best, most awkward scene. Yeah, because she was just informed that he's escaped from the mental institution. Yeah, so not only is she embarrassed that she was talking to the wrong brother, but also she's scared. But it's just like, it's a beautiful, like, rom-com moment, yeah. I felt. I really liked that scene. She delivered that line very well. Yeah, I thought she was a decent actress. Um, I think she was probably the best actress in the movie. She was like... But what of Marie Hartman or whatever the hell? You hated her. I did. I was amused by her. I thought she, she reminded me of... She, she reminded you of the aunt from Sleepaway Camp, right? Just, like, way over the top. Yeah, she totally was. Mm-hmm. We called her Baby Jane for a reason. Yeah. No, and she reminded me of Aunt Cheryl from Night Warning, which is a movie that we talked about because um, she played the bartender in Rockula, like Dean Cameron's oh, yeah, bartender yeah, yeah. friend, that weird lady. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for campiness. We kind of already talked about effects, but let's go into it a little more. What did you rate it out of five cranberries? I gave it four. Did you so did I. Yeah, because he keeps looking at the blood and saying, that's not cranberry sauce. because oh, it's set during Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, and it's the least festive Thanksgiving in the world. Uh, I thought it was, I gave it a four. And my one line of like note taking is, uh, it's really it has really good use of makeup and prosthetics. Yeah, the like the effects are definitely like cheesy '80s effects. Like there's a part where a machete is sticking through a guy's back, and it's cl- clearly not exactly lined up with the machete in his front. Mm-hmm. But the effects are really 
drippy. Really good for a movie this poor. Yeah. It was all shot pretty much at one location. I mean, maybe three if you want to get, like... Well, like, one complex. Uh-huh. Like, a single place that one person owns. A contained area. Yeah. Um. No, yeah, because I just... The effects, they were by the guy who eventually went on to do Terminator 2, as mentioned on the back of the box. <sighs> um. But the blood that flows is really... Maybe not realistic, but it gives this sense of like fluid motion that you don't get in a lot of like just like plasticky eighties kills. And there's some gross stuff in this. Like the guy, um the guy who's dating Terry's mom, he's drinking a beer but his hand gets cut off with a machete so it falls to the ground clutching the beer and the mm-hmm. fingers are like flexing on the ground. Yeah. And a lady gets cut in half and her like bottom half is kinda wiggling. It's mm-hmm. really gr- it's gross. They really use that gesture a lot kind where of. a severed limb would be removed and then it just still would keep going keep on going just jerking around yeah no it's just like there there's detail to these kills that is pretty gruesome but like really well done it was fun uh-huh. i i enjoyed they're very cheesy they made it might have been too much for sergio but like it's pretty cool if you're into like reasonably safe like not saw level gore this is a mm-hmm. good like gore movie I don't know, man. Like, the fact that you would see people's flesh, like, ripped into two is kind of a lot. It was his, like, head. Still, like, okay, not just his head, but, like, when he took the axe to the guy in, like, the first kill. Oh, like, yeah, that saw... guy had, like, the axe in his face. Uh-huh. It's crazy. It's crazy, yeah. It's crazy. Very crazy. Thank you for agreeing with me. Anyway, so what's your quality score? Give it two. You loved this movie. I didn't. You gave it two out of five. Unlucky I did. Stars. And I'm like, again, my one line of notes is this movie did not need to be, or the story did not need to be told. Okay, now, again, I don't know why you gave the Sleepaway Camp movies fours and this one is not, like, on the same level. Pamela Springsteen, okay? okay. The boss. The inspiration for Rosalita, for Jesse's <laughs> Girl, for... Um, Rick Springfield's song? She inspires all <laughs> rock stars, okay. okay? That's how cool Pamela Springsteen is. Okay. Um, I don't see Mary Hartman inspiring rock songs. You don't know that. I I can assume so. I don't know, man. I just, I really disliked um, the mother character. Yeah, her stuff did get really boring in the second half of the movie. The movie, like, okay. Like, two different movies were happening, okay? <laughs> one was something that was really campy and something... And then there was another one that was uh, really just kind of, like, dour and, like, a mother experiencing some kind of crisis over her children uh-huh. and how to react to, like, one being a murderer and the other, I don't know, just flouncing about, I guess. Yeah, and just fisting wine and vacuuming the house. Yeah, and she just could not function. And I was like, okay, so what's the purpose of this character? Like, why does she exist in this world? Uh-huh. And I never got the answer for that because she killed herself. Yeah, spoiler alert. We she does really, shoot herself. We never really learned why she liked Terry more than Todd. Uh, well, I don't know. I think she wanted to believe just what she's believed all these years because if it's true that Todd is the one who's not the killer, the fact that he's been institutionalized for 10 years would have weighed too heavily on her. I don't see. I got. I didn't get that from her character at all. No, I'm extrapolating. Not any line of dialogue would lead me to believe that, and that any action that she took, <laughs> only what you are telling me now, and okay. that is a very weak analysis. Your, your sound bars are spiking because you're so mad about the mom. I hate her so much. <laughs> I'm My sorry. God, these children should have been placed in like some kind of social services program. Yeah, she's crazy, and also the dress she chose to wear to Thanksgiving with her kid is the most cleavagey dress. It's gross. 
It's gross. She has pigtails. She does. She does have pig. She's very baby Jane. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of um, Andrea, the like the braless girl who's trying to like sleep with Terry. Mm-hmm. Um, she also kind of has baby Jane makeup, like powder blue eyeshadow and everything, mm-hmm. and kind of like Elvira pale foundation. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure there is a scene. A scene where every close-up of her, I'm pretty sure her makeup was wigging out the white balance on the camera. Really? Because it just kept, like, the background lighting kept, like, going in and out. I was like, why is this happening? Yeah. This is a really weird, like, technical malfunction. <laughs> it's a um, really specific problem to have. Yeah, it was very strange. Um, yeah, let me see. I gave it three out of five on okay. the stars. Because the first half, I was like, this is exactly what I want from an 80s slasher movie. There's crazy gore. Mm-hmm. Everything's really silly. The music's out of control. I will say um, that I enjoyed how frequent the kills were. Yeah. Like, that kept you entertained. There were, like, three or four kills within the first 23 minutes. Mm-hmm. That, and that's this podcast at the exact point that we're recording right now has been tw- it's been 23 minutes. So imagine three people were murdered over the course of this podcast. Um, deserving people. Yes, exactly. Um, but... It just had a, it was moving at a really steady clip. It's an 82 minute movie. Mm-hmm. Like it does get kind of tedious in the last half, which is yeah, frustrating. Cause you, yeah, cuz it's just Terry killing people. You're waiting for them to like reunite in some big, you know, fashion. No, it's good. well cuz for a while Terry stops killing people too. Like he's he's stalking the sex couple. Just clearly he watches them like make out on a bed and then he watches them play tennis and make out and then he just has to wait for them to have sex before he can kill them because of his subtext about his character. Mm-hmm. But like it's, he's so patient and I am not. <laughs> and then we just have a bunch of scenes of the mom on the phone with the operator trying to call her boyfriend who is literally in his office in the same complex. Mm-hmm. Leave your house. Yeah. Um, but Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman was like, look, I'm not standing for more than 40% of this movie. I'm going to sit here and you're going to film it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was frustrating. I thought um, the actor who played Terry and Todd was probably pretty okay um, because of how distinct he made those two characters because you can't just do that if you're the worst actor. Mm-hmm. He wasn't great, but I think he it's worth commending his performance because I genuinely thought those were two different people, like from his physicality and also his hair. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that's kind of how I feel about it. Really? It, it like for the first half is great and the second half is fine, so it evens out to a three. Perfect. Um, yeah. So, how are you feeling about slashers now that we're kind of at the end of our rope here? Um, I feel like some are good, some are bad. Yeah, I, I mean, gave glowing reviews to probably like fifty percent of the movies we saw this month. Yeah, I'm really happy about that. Would you say? Do you would do you have a favorite slasher, and is it is Leeway Camp movie? <laughs> I would say that the Sleepaway Camp is probably my favorite slasher franchise. That's awesome. I'm glad you have one. Yeah, we all have to have one in this world of ours. Yeah. No, I'm just... Look, there are certain things that I try to leave the people in my life with. One of them is knowledge of slasher movies. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no, I'm happy you enjoyed half of this because I was worried that you just kind of hate all of it. Because, yeah. like, you don't... Re- obviously, you didn't respond to this one, which is kind of more of a quintessentially uh-huh. 80s slasher a little bit. Not totally. There's some weird elements to this one. Um, but anyway, also, I know we had we used to have our exit exam episodes at the end of every month. We'd rate all the movies, and we'd talk about 
how we felt about the whole month. But I'm going to actually incorporate that into the end of like these episodes, like the final episodes of the month, just because those episodes, um, they're just kind of like spamming our feed a little bit. And yeah. I'm like, we need to, I need to chill it with we need that. To tidy it up, you know? Yeah. Just clean it up. Streamline everything. Yeah. A little bit. So we're going to synergize. Yeah. So we're going to include that information, uh, here in this episode. All right, cool. So I want to hear your ranking of the four movies that we watched this month. Right, I'm pretty sure you could guess it. Let's see if you can guess Wait, it. Okay, actually. let me guess. Okay. We watched. Oh boy. Okay. Sleepaway Camp three, number one. Correct. Sleepaway Camp two, number two. Correct. And then. Blood Rage. No. Oh, so you like Texas Chainsaw two more than Blood Rage? I did like it more. Okay, well that's good for me. That's I don't good know news. if like my review was probably more scathing at the time. Probably because um, I'm sick right now and I can't really uh, summon that much. Yeah, muster up the energy to go full throttle or uh-huh. ham on Blood Rage, but uh-huh. I did enjoy Texas Chainsaw. Okay, great. More than Blood Rage. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And my rating is number one, Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. Okay. Because that movie's great. Number two, Sleepaway Camp three. Okay. Number three, Blood Rage. Gross. Number four, Sleepaway Camp two. Okay. But I enjoyed all the movies we watched this month. It was a good month for me. It was a pretty entertaining month, I'll say that much. Yeah. Like, I don't think I was ever... Bo- was I bored during Texas Chainsaw? No, you just... You you were tuned out because it was too gross, but that's not boring. Okay. Because uh, I was like, I don't know if I ever really, like, tuned out completely because I was paying attention, even during this movie when I was, you know, reading. Yeah. Oi. <laughs> um, and let's play a quick, 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 super fast game. Eh, All right, cool. Eh, okay. Um, I just wanted to say... <laughs> Boff, Mary kill... Leatherface, Terry from Blood Rage, and Angela, Pamela Springsteen. Boff, Mary kill. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to kill Leatherface because I have no need for that in my life. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to boff um, Angela. Okay. Okay, and I'm going to... So she can introduce you to her brother. Yeah. Uh, and that other guy. That other song, she, she Jesse's girl. Yeah, Rick Springfield. Yeah, introduce me to him too. Okay. Uh, and uh, Mary Todd. I w- Mary Todd Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I was thinking Terry was who I said because Todd's clearly the better brother. They're the same person though. Okay. Um. We'll see. And I, Terry's dead. Okay. Oh, spoiler. No, okay, whatever. Um, I would say I would boff Terry, but one, that would make him kill me. Mm-hmm. And two, he's the least attractive twin brother. Mm-hmm. And also, he just like doesn't like to have sex. And he drinks tomato juice, so his mouth would probably taste gross. Yeah. I'll kill him. Okay, good. Um, I guess I'll also boff Angela so I can have a story to tell my dad, I guess, because he likes <laughs> drinks tea. <laughs> that came out weird. But um, Talking about the old... Yeah. Notches on the belt with your dad there. Yeah. And I guess I'd marry Leatherface because he cooks great barbecue. Okay. And he's fiercely loyal to his family. Doesn't he eat the people? Yeah. His barbecue. Okay. That's gross. <laughs> anyway, um, what else is going on? We have our credits. Oh, uh, uh, we'll join us next month for our super special Shocktober surprise. Um, what the hell's that? It's October, so we do a special month. Oh, no, I hate October surprises. Well, I'll tell you on the 1st of October what's going on. 
Um, but uh, until then, you can contact us on Twitter at Scream101Pod, on Facebook at Scream101Podcast. Find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five stars. Because we're nice. Yeah, and because Sergio's sick and you want to make him feel better. Yes, you do. So send NyQuil. Yeah. Our theme song is A Beat For You by Pseudo Echo off of their album Autumnal Park. <laughs> and there's a, there's a bird in here. <laughs> um, that was me listening to Autumnal Park. Yeah, until October. Ooh, um, good luck on your spooky journey. <laughs> and stay spooky gold? Sure, stay spooky. Okay, that's a better ring to it. Yeah, thank you. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hi, I'm Brennan. And I'm Dave. And we are the co-hosts of Cast Party. It's a freewheeling pop culture conversation. I am an online media mogul. And I'm not. I'm a drama teacher. Yes. In fact, my drama teacher. We kind of transplant the conversations that we have every time we hang out and do a podcast, and we hope you like it. Check it out. Enjoy. At podpeople.me. That was that was really fun and not awkward at all. <laughs> Bye.